This podcast is powered by Mountain Fuel, nutrition for runners, and you can get 10% off all orders by heading to the Mountain Fuel website and entering the code It's All Good 10. The Cabs with Everything Around Me podcast. Okay, everyone, we've got Tom Dunning with us today, and it's a lengthy introduction and description of who he is so here goes tom is a fun loving runner mental health warrior public speaker author rochdale afc fan run talk run leader and member of the brooks run happy team i could have gone on with myself a little bit more there but you know i'll be real with you tom i'm worried about losing my tongue and train of thought so how's that for an introduction <laughs> that's how mate <laughs> yeah brilliant thank you very much <laughs> Is there anything that I've missed out there? Uh, <laughs> it's the thing, probably, but because I've, again, talked about those things, I've probably forgot myself. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you've covered everything. <laughs> yeah. I think. Well, we, we, we can go in depth and we can have a good chat, you know, about your journey, you know, and about the um, climate that we're currently living in. I know that we've had quite a lengthy chat in the past and we've touched base with each other numerous times over the months and probably in you know um over a year or so you know that i started yeah, yeah. following your journey on instagram and you know i just want to tell you that you are inspirational and i'm sure that you hear it often but you know with you looked at the definition of that word inspirational you know i think they need to put your name next to it well thank you <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> FYI, I'm not creeping. I'm not after any creepers, <laughs> so I'll put it out there right away. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get you to introduce and I'm going to go in at the angle of asking you if this was Tinder for runners, what would be on your bio? <laughs> the Tinder for runners. See, I met my wife before the age of, of Tinder and what have you. Um, so this would be sketchy, but I'll, I'll try. Um, I would say that uh, my name is Thomas Dunning. I am a mental health ambassador um, and one who speaks their mind but wants well-being for all people, just to be happy um, in what they're doing, enjoy what they're doing, and just overall just enjoy their life for what they've what they want to do with it. Really, that's probably it. <laughs> I, I think that's great. And you've just said that you are one who speaks your mind. I think if you put those words onto a dating website, it just might be a little bit misunderstood. And people might look at that and think, yeah, Thomas is a little bit bitchy and likes yeah, chatting about people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like speaking <laughs> the mind. Yeah. But, you know, um, for those listening, what exactly do you mean by you saying that you speak your mind? Um, mainly for mental health reasons. Um, I feel that everyone can learn from everyone, whether it be mental health or even in their job or vacation or anything. Um, and for me to speak my mind is pretty much how I'm feeling. So if someone was to cause a bit of offence, I would ask them, you know, that did cause a little bit of offence there, but what, what, why did you say it? Or just get an understanding from them. Um, but also speak my mind as if I'm not very well mentally, if I'm struggling, is that I will happily tell um, my friends, family, people I work with that, you know, I'm not okay. I'm 
there's something on my mind. I'm not feeling great today. I might be flippant at work. I might be very snappy. Um, it's not personal, but I'm just struggling at the moment with things that's going on in my head or at home or things that I just can't control, um, like the world at the minute. Um, yeah. It's just just like that, really. Right. said, that person who's bitchy and, you know, what kind of thing. It's more just to try and um, be um be a, a, a coach in some respect that it's okay mm. to you know if you need to speak your mind if you're sat alone and you feel alone in, an, in a full room it's okay to go look lads i'm, I'm not mm. i'm just need to talk to someone or just stay quiet yeah you know, it's one of those things yeah yeah and um you know as a society we have that culture where we are taught to brag and show off what's going well in our life so I think it can be quite, you know, um, and, you know, also a little bit overwhelming, you know, when, you know, even now in 2020, you know, when we talk about negative experiences or the pure fact, like you say, if you're not having a good day, you know, we feel inclined that we can't talk about it, you know, so it's um, really refreshing when you um, do, you know, speak your mind, which you do, you know, when, when I scroll through your Instagram feed, you know, and, you know, you are one of my most valued followers you know because um you, what you say is uh, you know um, real you know you are your heart and your sleeve and i can really resonate with what you say and i think that's important especially like you know the climate that we're living in it's so unpredictable and you know one day you know to the next we just can't make sense of what's going on which you know you alluded yeah. to earlier on and i know it's a very difficult time for everyone and we've got all different experiences not just in the uk but beyond that but, you know, and with us. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're day one of lockdown 2.0. And for everyone listening, Tom, what would you recommend everyone does to ensure that they keep upbeat and look after themselves? Um, uh, for me, I've, I've had to kind of learn this myself, is um, just uh, be safe, but know that we've done this before. Um Arguably, the lockdown restrictions aren't as strict as they were back in March. Um, but nevertheless, it is obviously still a lockdown. We can't see loved ones and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's just take power from the past. The fact that we've done it once already, um, we can do it again. Um, if it goes on past the, past the 2nd of December, like people are saying it might do, then you know we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But mm. you know we've we've got through this. We've done it once before. Um, we we know we can get through it because we're talking about it now. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think definitely take take power from the past is what I can basically mm. say. Mm. And it's important that you say that you know um, on the second of December, you know we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And you know it's it's great that you say that because when you look at what anxiety is all about, you know overthinking and looking at all the various narratives that could or could not potentially happen in the future. You know, it's great that, you know, we do take power with what's happening today, right now, rather than worrying what could be, you know, um, a few weeks or several weeks down the line. Yeah, definitely. It's it for, for my anxiety, my anxiety has gone through the roof with my diagnosis of social anxiety disorder. Um, it's gone through the roof, especially with got to wear masks and the rules that we've been told to follow, but people are breaking those rules. And it really just makes me feel like, well, what's the point or why am I doing this mm. if others are just flouting the rules and nothing's being done? Or, um, But I think for, for me, it's very much 
doing it because it's a thing to do. You know, we're told yeah. the rules, we follow them. Um, but yeah, with my anxiety is that I've had a good old chat with, with my wife like last night because I was really struggling again. Um, and she's basically helped me learn, know that, you know, only think about the things which you can control. Mm. Um, so, you know, right now I'm, I'm worried about the presidential election, for example. Um, I can't control that. There's, yeah. um, you know, I'm not an American voter, so I, I don't personally, I don't think I can really talk about people voting in that respect. Um, but if it, things like that, I can't control that. Mm. If it's like the UK election, like I, I don't vote for the government we've got in now, but you know, it's nothing I can control. It's our, we voted for that, and you know, it's, it's what it is. Um, and especially with COVID, you know, where there's things we can do to help ourselves and help our loved ones. Um, and those are things we can control. So yeah. it's just rationalizing for, for me, the knowing my variables of what I can control and the things that I can't control, it's not worth my headspace because you just can't control it. it and it, I know it's not as easy with an anxiety issue mm. to go, I, uh, I don't need to worry about that. Um, but I think once you coach yourself into it, like I've had to learn from for, for many years of my mental health journey, mm. um, is just to take a step back and go, right, hang on a minute, what can I do right now that will affect me rather than what can I do, what can I not do to affect the world? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's that that's kind of a how I'm looking at it is what can I can what can I control and what can I do to make life better for me and for others? Um and what mm. can I learn in the meantime? Yeah. And it's um, really selfless that you do say that and you know one comfort that we can take from COVID nineteen is we're all going through it yeah. as opposed to feeling quite lonely. So you know, I know that this worldwide pandemic will have triggered a lot of people's anxieties and, you know, um, it you know, makes me really sad that, you know, um, you know, suicide rates have increased and, you know, we as, you know, people and, you know, the NHS to an extent, you know, cannot help people who are struggling with ill mental health, you know, for the pure fact that a lot of wards are just um, inundated with COVID-19 patients yeah, but you know we are all going through this together, and that's why it's more important than ever that to one another. You know we do listen, and you know we just say to everybody, "I'm here for you." If you need to talk or you just need somebody to be next to, I know it's going to be virtually, but you know um, those little things. You know, like I ask you um, with a question. You know, um, what would you recommend people do to look after themselves? And you know, the best piece of advice I got for everyone is just call people you know even people you've not heard from from years yeah yeah you know because we've we've all got um, relationships where you know they struggled massively because of the pandemic because we can't see people face to face but you know I, what i've tried to do is get in touch with people who i don't even necessarily know so it could be you know those people on instagram or social media platforms who want to get to know more about or even um long lost friends and family members just reaching out to them yeah no definitely that's that's the best thing I could say as well. Um, so something that I've been doing is I've been looking up the, I think I'm sure it's the Japanese art of, I think it's called Kintosugi. Mm. Um, and that is basically the fact of when the Japanese break pots or whatever, they repair them, but they fill it with a, like a gold leaf, like yeah. a gold resin kind of thing. And the reason they do that is because they celebrate the history of that item. Mm. Um, 
and what it's been through and how it's been repaired and the love behind it. And I, I very much, for me, I take power. <laughs> when I say it out loud, it sounds silly, um, <laughs> but like it's taking power from pottery that's been repaired with this gold leaf, and they celebrate that. Okay, I dropped a, a teacup, for example, and I've repaired it with this gold resin. Mm. For me, you know, I've, I feel like I've had that breakdown. My head was, in some respects, broken because of I was seeing things and being psychotic and and, and other things. Um, mm. So it's just for me, it's me realizing and celebrating those things. And mm. from that, I can take the fact of, okay, well, I've got this Kintasuga crack of of lockdown 1.0. Mm. So I know that after it's gone again, I'm going to have a brand new bit if it does break me. Or you know what I'm saying? Like it has that. Yeah. Kind of thing. yeah. Um, and it's it's very much the same reason why like the, the scars I've got on my body and my hands specifically is... Mm. That that is my kintasugi. Is that I? It's like a tattoo. Like I've yeah. got all tattoos all over me, and they all mean something. Um, mm. Like the scars, they've shown me that in the past, you know, it was bad, but they've repaired and they're they're back. I know that's a really weird analogy. Oh no, I, I, I love that story, and you know, because it's, it's giving praise and complimenting imperfections and adversity. Yeah, you know, because we we can. Beat, well, we can beat ourselves up, you know, if we're going through quite a turbulent time, is we don't want to reflect on it and we don't want to be reminded about it. But I think it's important that we do reflect and, you know, reflect on the good and not so good. You know, I'm not a big um, believer in the word bad, you know, because it's those, you know, inverted commas and bad experiences that make us stronger and, you know, make us put things into perspective. But I, I, I love that story. And, you know, I just hope for your sake and, lockdown 2.0 that you don't drop um your beloved rochdale afc mug i don't know if you've got one but oh, I just, I have. <laughs> oh yeah yeah but no i just hope you don't uh, drop that because i'm sure that it's uh, incredibly important <laughs> oh. to you oh yeah like like everything that has rochdale written on it it's uh yeah it's a treasure possession <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I know it's something that a lot of people listening won't really know what we're going on about, but I know that we've um, exchanged messages in the past about your love of Rochdale. But you know, if you just want to tell everybody, why is Rochdale responsible for where you are at right now in your running journey? Um, so R- Rochdale is—it's not the start and the end, but it's very much the start and mm. the means. My running journey, when I first started running and I found the love of just running down the street and back, um, was my next challenge for me was to run the Rochdale 10K. Um, I chose Rochdale because it was in, within two weeks of when I went out for a run. Um, but also it's where my dad's side of the family are from um, and where quite a few of them still live. Um, it's some, it's some people in Oldham, some people in Littleborough, some people in, in Rochdale. Um, but because of that tight family tie we've got with that side, as well is that I've been brought up to be a proud Rochdale supporter from my dad. Um, so we've uh, quite often used to go every Saturday to, to Spotland Stadium, as it was called back then, yeah. um, and watch, watch the football. Um, used to go to all the away games as well. Um, so it's kind of been brought up in, the, in my blood. And it just felt right that I do the Rochdale 10K because it's away from Lincoln. No one will know who I am unless family wanted to come and support. Mm. Um, and it was just kind of like, it was nice to, in some respects, respect my heritage as well. Um, yeah. No, I've 
kind of grown up with the history of the town hall and as well and all that mm. lot, and the history of, of Rochdale itself. Um, and then really moving on to the present, um, obviously as a lifetime lifelong supporter of Rochdale Football Club, um, is that my dad in 1984 ran, uh, sorry, walked the Pennine Way. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a survival expert in the RAF, I've grown up with going camping. We, you know, we've made little campsites in, in the forests. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gone hiking through the hills. Um, and for years, going over the M62, over the Pennines, is just every year I've said to myself, one day I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And <laughs> this year, over a chat where I was trying to get to sleep, I turned over to my wife and said, do you mind if I go away for just over two weeks and go for a run? (laughs) She went, that's a bit long, isn't it? I said, yeah, I just want to do the Pennine Way. And my wife, being the amazing person she is, just went, yeah, yeah, go on then. You're going to do it anyway. (laughs) That's wonderful. Yeah, so she said, yeah. So we, we, like I said, that that month we bought all the kit and I got started training and I sat down with my dad and, you know, he's kind of like my my guru at the moment. so yeah, the, the next year I'm setting off um, from I think it's called Kirk Yetham. I don't know if that's pronounced right. Um, just in Scotland, yeah. um, on the 31st of May, and then touch wood, if everything goes right, um, I'll arrive in Edale at the end of the Pennine Way mm-hmm. um, on the 16th of June, which is my 30th birthday. Mm. So it's just kind of sat right. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's going to be really emotional for the family ties, but also following in my dad's footsteps. Um, yeah. Plus, I've been promised on day fourteen. Um, I finished on day sixteen, but on day fourteen, my family's promised when I'm going over the Pennines um, near Littleborough and Rochdale is that I can drop in for the traditional uh, meat and potato pie and mushy peas. So I'm sure that will go down oh, an brilliant. absolute treat. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's not too far. So am I right in thinking that part of the route? I don't, I don't know if you are familiar with Blackstone Edge. That's um, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So does it go? The, the route goes nearby to Blackstone Edge and over that's towards. It. Is it um, Rippenden? That's it. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's, yeah, yeah. It's uh, well, it's, it, it's literally about 15 minutes drive from where I live. So you know, um, if you're happy for me to um, natter along with you and oh, yeah, your journey that'd yeah, be great yeah, yeah. yeah and is that, is that something that you want the running community to do really buy into your journey of you know traveling across the Pennine Way yeah I'm, I'm completely open if anyone wants to join me for for a run across the Pennine Way um it's not going to be fast because my kit weighs about 48 kilos um but yeah it's uh, yeah I've, by all means if anyone did want to drop in I'm not going to turn them away It'd be nice for a bit of a, a, bit, a bit of company. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And I hope that the um, weather's not um, too turbulent and, you know, um, unpredictable. And I know that nobody will know what we're going on about. But, you know, um, I think you should um, go off route a little bit yeah. for a few miles and head to Wilbert's Lane Chippy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. B- best uh, chippy in the UK. Oh, easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. While I'm there, I, I have said that if if lockdown restrictions aren't that bad, I will be stopping off at the uh, the club shop. Uh, oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, but you know, um, it's it's going to be a great journey that you go on, and you know, I'm looking forward to um, you know catching up with you and just seeing how you get along. Hopefully, you will have four G, you know, over various parts of the um, Pennines, <laughs> just so that you can update everybody with your journey. Well, yeah, I think it's going to be fantastic, that. And is if I were to ask you what 
made you make that decision? I know that you've said that you was thinking like, gosh, you know, um, my, my old man, you know, what's the Pennine way? But I actually want to run, you know, a majority of it, which I'm sure that is your intention to run a lot of it. Yeah, I know it's yeah. going to be easier said than done. But um, what made you just say on that evening when you're in bed, Amber, I'm going to um, go away for two weeks? Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think it was because I've all, I've always had a love for, for for the outside and mountains, and I've as part of the the, the, the run happy team. Um, there's a lot of people who do a lot of fell running, and just mm-hmm. seeing photos of like the Lake District and the Peak Districts made me feel like you know I would love to get back into that. Um, yeah. And it, everything just it was like a, the last jigsaw piece of the puzzle that just fit in perfectly, and it just went you know what. Hang on a minute, I can do this. Um, yeah. I would love to do it, you know. And I think, well, I know my wife knows that I love the outdoors and I love adventure and that kind of thing. So for me, it was pretty much uh, it's a combination of, you know, I've done these things in my life and what I've achieved. You know, what can be my next step? What could be my next kind of point? Um, and I kind of thought, well, you know, going out and doing that would be the next thing for me. You know, it's yeah. I want people to know that mental health will never be a barrier. And it I've always applied that to everything I do. If that's going out for a walk, if that's going out for a run, if that's trying to write a book, if that's trying to do anything that I've tried to achieve in my life is that I want people to know that it's never a limitation or a barrier. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, a thing of I'm going to go out of my comfort zone. I'm essentially going to be living out. Well, I am going to be living out a tent from, two and a half two and a bit weeks um and surviving on my own um and i just want people like i said i want people to know that if you have got a mental health problem you know you're, you're not this label you're not this stigma that you feel is attached to you mm-hmm. it's perfectly all right you know it's i'm quite like I said, i'm quite open about my diagnosis um of, of borderline personality disorder social anxiety and uh, ptsd and you know at the end of the day if if <laughs> it's kind of like when I went back to football when I broke my ankle, um, mm. is that when I broke my ankle, I was still there cheering the team on, and everyone knew how I broke my ankle. But when my ankle was good again, I still played football. Um, so in that analogy, you know, I've kind of I, I broke my head a little bit, I broke my brain, yeah. um, but now I'm back at it. But I'm more improved because I've learned what not what not to do. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much my kind of my steer for it, really. Yeah. And, and do you feel like the Pennine Way ended up becoming an unmet need? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, like my, my dad said in my training, was, you know, why don't you do the Viking Way, which my house is literally at the foot of the hill that the Viking Way does. Mm. And, you know, although, okay, that's quite a big feat itself because that's about 100 miles. Um, the Pennine Way means something to me. It means yeah. it's the backstory of what my dad did and kind of like the reason why my dad went on to do things he did in the RAF. Um, mm. But yeah, it was, it, it just means something because, you know, it goes past Lancashire and um, it, there's just so much history. Like for, for me personally, it means something. It's not just a walk it, or a run. It's following my dad's footsteps that I can continue this story on to uh, my children if we, if we have our children. It's, yeah. you know, passing on the message to other people who may mm. think, they want to go on an adventure, but because of their mental health, they can't. You know, it's it's so much in the story mm. that means so much to me. 
and ultimately it's going to be a fantastic story to tell yeah definitely yeah it's um mm. yeah i'm really looking forward to not just re- giving it out like a story as in i did this then i went here and look at this picture it's going to be a very much a in-depth this is how i felt this is how much i hated myself this is how much i hated it mm-hmm. <laughs> um but everything kind of like it, it's literally going to be from the perspective of, of me like you know i thought this was a great idea it's yeah. halfway through day one and i hate myself <laughs> it's, yeah and I, I think that final chapter can be i was so relieved to get it out of the way and yeah there. that's it yeah, yeah 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 like i said it's one of those goals that uh, like like a non-goal that I didn't have to do it, but because it means so much to me, I feel like I have to. I feel like there's a another novel in the works about your Penine Way journey. It's been it's been talked about. It's been discussed. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? You know, if you were to cast your mind back ten, fifteen years ago, when it came to the week of your birthday, how differently would you be celebrating it? Oh yeah, massively. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I turned 21, uh, we had an Anchorman themed nightclub party um, and we all dressed up as like characters from Anchorman and just went out and got leathered. Um, But this time, you know, I'm going to be carrying essentially my house and my life on my back to then walk into Edale with, I'm hoping, (laughs) a bottle of champagne or a beer waiting for me. (laughs) Yeah, brilliant. Um, Yeah, it's. I think that's kind of like the... The maturity of life isn't it how it how it all changes but how you want to live it of course and instead of being levered by shots and cocktails you're going to be getting levered by the elements that's it oh yeah definitely yeah my, my dad's filled me in with all that and what it's like to be on the hills and <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and it's, it's something that i've i've not shied away from but you know and when it comes to trail running i thoroughly enjoy it but i feel like i just need to turn it up to the next level and just go out there for a full day and night. The most I've ran on the trails is 16 miles, and that was one hell of a journey. So the fact is, I'll remind you once again, you know, the fact is that you're going to be going, you know, around 260 miles, you know, you deserve a lot of credit for that. And, you know, like I said to you earlier, Tom, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, following your journey. It's, it's going to be like a like, mini-series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've got someone at home who's... Um hopefully if like i said i've got a phone signal um they will be updating my website as i go um mm. and, and things like that so if i can't update it then at least so, someone else can so people can follow it yeah yeah and you know i'm sure that you need all the clothing and warmth so what i'll do is i'll arrange to get a it's all good run crew t-shirt or long to keep you oh, amazing warm. oh yeah. thank you very much yeah, be wicked. yeah so i'll send that your way and i know that we touched on writing novels and books if you just want to tell everyone you know about the book that you wrote with amber uh yeah so the, the book me and my wife have written um called uh, surviving the war against yourself is basically the best way i can describe it is a self-help book but it is a, <laughs> um and what i mean by that is that it's my life story it's an autobiography um it's from roughly about the age of four where i start to be heavily bullied up to the present day um and how that affected me but other things as well and it basically documents my entire mental health journey because yeah, i'm convinced my mental health went through the entirety of my life on uh, mental ill health mm. um and i think um it it's quite therapeutic in the fact that you've got my story and it is very much a 
the entirety of my story. Mm. No stone unturned. Exactly what happened is exactly what's in the book. Um, but it's unique in the fact that my wife then has chapters as well. Mm. So when me and Amber meet in the book, um, Amber then starts having parts of her life and how the carer kind of has to cope with it all. Um, I'm very much in the the mindset of it's not just my journey, it's also my, my partner because she was my carer. Um, and unfortunately, just because of the way the world is, the carer side doesn't really get documented because the mm. the sex appeal and the 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 drama is from the mental health side. You know, it's it's from the person with mental ill health and what mm. they've done to mm. themselves and what they've been through. But it's not just that; it is the carers as well. Yeah. Um, so it's a platform for my wife then to say, you know, this is how I felt. This is what happened. This is what I went through. So anyone can pick the book up read it like an ordinary book um but can also read it on the parts of you know i identify with tom so maybe i need to get some help before it's yeah. too late or i identify with amber so maybe i need to get myself some support but also the person i'm caring for some help um and it's yeah it's from that point when we meet we have chapters after one another yeah. so it is two stories but the same story but from two different points of view and it's really refreshing because I've not seen anything else like that out there. You know, whether you go to Amazon, Waterstones, you know, there's not a book that is written like, you know, from the perspective of the carer. You know, there's the person who's going through that journey also. You know, they're not directly impacted by ill mental health, but they are still indirectly impacted by it in various ways. And when you reverse engineered, that book so you know when you and amber decided right we're going to write a novel you know we're going to pour out our feelings and the experiences we've gone through when you started to work back did you reflect on the journey that you've been on did it bring up any old feelings and you know did you end up becoming quite um sensitive to what you experienced as well when you were younger um for, for me no when i when i proofread my parts because it was just so like it's just so explicit everything that's ever happened to me pretty much um that i knew what the story was about so it didn't affect me um but the bit that affected me was proofreading amber's side because we both proofread each other's as well um and it actually got really sensitive for me because i learned i knew she, she, I, I put her through hell i know i did but it was just seeing how much i put her through mm. really made me feel well it made me feel two things the first one was okay i didn't know you went through this and how you felt and uh, well i'm so sorry you i put you through this um but it also really lit a fire up both our backsides because it made us realize that okay well we've been together now for nearly 10 years and this is the first time we've gone i'm so sorry what we did to each other and how what happened mm. um and that that fire that like i said a little put a little put backside it it made us want to do it even more because it really made us think, wow, the carer side is so huge. For me, anyway, the carer side is so huge. I know for a fact, right now, I wouldn't be sat here speaking to you if Amber wasn't there. Yeah. Um, and I think carers all over the world deserve that. They do. They're, they are the unsung Definitely. heroes in, in, in mental health. Um, and, yeah, for, for me, eye-opening-wise, it's helped me speak to other people who they th they see themselves as carers, Mm. And they ask me for advice of how can they help cope with uh, how the, can they get support and things like that. It's 
for, for me, it brought the story together as one. Whereas it's yeah. not just Thomas Dunning, mental health runner. It's mental health runner, Tom and Amber, their story. Um, yeah. That's that. Yeah, that's pretty much how it felt really for the, the whole thing. It was very empowering to see that, okay, this has helped us. So how yeah. can this yeah. help others? Yeah, and it probably leads on to, you know, what I'm about to ask you, you know, it leads on to it really nicely. You know, um, this is effectively unscripted. But there was one thing that I really wanted to ask you, and you mentioned that, you know, um, carers and, you know, family members, you know, significant others, friends, there's a lot of unsung heroes out there. They're not giving praise with, you know, what they have experiences and what, you know, they've effectively been, you know, a figure of, you know, like, well, they've been a solid figure in somebody else's life. Yeah. And what I really want to know about you is, if there was one thing that you could change about how people view mental health, what would it be? So if I were to give you a magic hand now, yeah, sorry, magic wand, and ask you what is the one thing that you would change about mental health, what would it be? I think that it would be having the sex appeal of it and the, the product, as it were, not just the ill health side, is to have it as a mental health story, not just the person with mental ill health, their kind of chapters um i i yeah i'd want the sexy side of it is that thomas dunning mental health runner who's read a book who's been a public speaker who's done this and the other that thomas dunning is a, an author with his wife and they've gone on to do amazing things and i think there are things like that I, I don't like and that applies to anyone out there mm. um people who are who have gone through their mental health journey on the other side of it um i would love for them to be also be identified with the person who's cared for them mm. um I like to use the analogy of an F1 team is that, okay, the driver gets a lot of credit, but the driver is useless without his team behind him. Yeah. Um, and Amber was my pit crew. I came home. She helped me get myself back on the track. I'd then go back out the track, do my job, do X, Y, Z, get myself better, come back in for a pit stop. And, you know, the, the cycle continues. Um, so for, for me, it is the sex appeal, the magic one sex appeal of the entire story, not just the mental health. Yeah, and it's um, pun is completely intentional here, you know, especially with the analogy that you use of having a F1 team behind you. But, you know, um, are you conscious that you don't take your foot off the gas with your mental health journey? Yeah, I, I am conscious with that. And it, it has been times when Amber's gone, has to say, look, just just take a break, have a breather. Because mm-hmm. um, that's just the kind of person that I am, what we are. Um, is that we want to help as many people as we can. And mm. once we finish a project and it went really well, we want to do the next big thing. Um, and it is just stopping that burnout. It is, you know, sometimes mm. you've just got to take the, your foot off the gas and think, wow, okay, I've actually achieved that. That's that's incredible. Yeah. Um, even to the point of I've survived myself and my own attempts at my own life. You mm. know, it's nice to sometimes go, okay, I've done that. So, for example, lockdown two isn't going to break me because I've been in other places, which is worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think definitely at times it is good just to take your foot off the gas, have a pit stop, have a brew, yeah. <laughs> and then definitely. get back onto it. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being selfish occasionally. You know, cause when you are being selfless, when you're wanting to help other people, you are still taking on you know, the adversity and difficulty that they've been through. 
So I think that's why it's important occasionally to be selfish and selfish, sorry, and point the finger at yourself and think, right, you know, um, what can I do to ensure that my coping strategies are still in place? You know, because when you do take that foot off the gas, you know, and it's, it's great that you mentioned having an F1 team, you know, and we do need to have a oil change, you know, change the tyres, you know, and you just look at ourselves and think, right, you know, we need to wind down. We need to have a few days where we press the reset button and we go back out again and continue with this journey of helping other people and, you know, being an advocate for mental health. Definitely. hundred percent. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. And um, what we'll do is we'll wrap things up very shortly. You know, and the name of this podcast is Carbs Rule Left Thing Around Me. I don't know if you are a Wu Tang Clan fan, but it's a reference to um, the Wu Tang yeah. Clan. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the, the reason why I called it um, Carbs Rule Left Thing Around Me is because it's effectively what keeps us runners going and what yeah. we enjoy. You know, I think um, if you were to ask me what your favourite hobbies, it would be running and, you know, eating. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not many other things that I do enjoy doing as much. So, um, you know, we'll sign off in style. And what I want to ask you is, what is your favourite post-run meal or snack? Um, I'm going to answer yes, because I will eat anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's been times, uh, for, for example, like I said, anything. So my answer is yes. Um, but like when I've ran the marathon in Liverpool, coming back all the services, you know, there's KFC at one side, KFC, then the next one I saw McDonald's, I thought, okay, I have a McDonald's, you know, <laughs> it's just, in regards to what I'd eat, yes. <laughs> just anything you can get your hands on. Pretty much, yeah, everything just jumps out and goes, oh, that's nice, that's nice, that's nice, that's nice, it, everything, yeah. everything turns into that comic um, cartoon chicken leg, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I like the, um, you know show on the tv um, bullseye you know conveyor belt it's just got yeah. all the food on it and you just like, <laughs> yeah. picking everything up I, I love you know I, I say me you know when i'm incredibly hungry and i go out for something to eat at a restaurant i, I just feel like saying to the waiter or waitress i'll have one of everything please yeah yeah that's it <laughs> it's good mm. that looks nice that, oh but i like that but i like the other yeah the amount of time i agree with you there the amount of times like on a meat on a, on a, on a on a menu let's go yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it, it can kickstart my anxiety sometimes you know when there's too much choice on a yeah, restaurant yeah. menu it's like just give me everything you've got just bring it out on a tray and i'll eat it yes it definitely <laughs> yeah or, or when you ask oh when you ask someone in a restaurant what would you recommend and they can't give you an answer it's like oh no it's like i i don't know what to recommend for myself and you know you can't help me out either that's it yeah I, yeah the amount of times we me and Amber have been out and she knows what she's what she wants, orders it, and then, you, oh, 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 right, I haven't thought of it yet. Oh, the, uh, that. And you always choose the one thing you didn't want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, me on plenty of occasions. Oh, I'll just stick to what I know. That's that it. Yeah. Italian restaurant, spaghetti bolognese. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, Tom, where can everyone find you? on the phone screens, tablets, and the desktop computers and laptops? Um, yes, yeah, so my uh, website is mentalhealthrunner.co.uk. Um, but my main blog is kind of on Instagram, which is at mental underscore health underscore runner. Fantastic. I just want to thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely love what you do. And here's to those 267 miles next year. All the best. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you. 
Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed the conversation I had with Tom, please leave some feedback and a written review on Apple Podcast. It really does go a long way. Until next time, keep it real and keep on doing your thing.